artists have a whole set of tools that they can use to facilitate not only discovery, but to your point, alerting the fans, right? These tools are free and artists can greatly increase actually the visibility of such uh, events across all their properties with no efforts. Once they've done that, as I said, the discovery factor is really the secret source of bands in town. We are doing a lot to help fans track the artists when they come to town and not miss them anymore. The music industry totally underestimates how important sure. discovery is. And that's because we believe that, oh yeah, you should know this or you should know that, but that's not how artists sell tickets. Artists sell tickets because they, they know how to sell them themselves. So discovery really matters. And that's what we do with an algorithm. We analyze what your music preferences are. Mm -hmm. We will deeply look into every piece of data you may want to share with us. Like click on buy tickets, you click on RSVP, you're going to sync your Spotify profile, you're going to sync your YouTube account, you're going to do a number of things. Once you've done, you've done that, then we know through machine learning and AI how to create a whole uh, music graph that represents your music preference and the artist you should discover. And that's what makes the difference. And that's why I was saying that we're so proud. We send about 10 to 15 million people buy tickets every month. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business. The book, third edition, just came out. Go check it out. Today, my guest is the co-founder and CEO, managing partner of Bands in Town, Fabrice Sargent. You, uh, I'm sure you know Bands in Town. They have over 560,000 registered artists. I would imagine you're one of them. If not, you definitely should be. They're the go-to live music, live concert platform out there for artists to connect with fans, for fans to hear about the shows they want to see and buy tickets, and uh, a lot of free tools for artists to use. So if you're not using Bands in Town, you really should be. Uh, as you know, I don't I don't have heads of companies on the podcast too frequently to kind of pitch their stuff. But Bands and Down has been around for quite a while, for so long, and I've been using it I think since the beginning. That I felt it was worth. Uh, to kind of interview the the co-founder and, and see what's going on with Bands in Town these days and how artists can use it effectively to not only get their fans to buy more tickets to their shows and let their fans know about the shows, but also as a discovery mechanism. And we get into that quite a bit and how artists can use Bands in Town to get new fans and for fans to discover you as an artist and to discover your music um, and to buy tickets to your show, even if they don't currently follow you. Uh, you know, there's 75 million registered music fans using bands in town, 250 million music fans worldwide each month use bands in town. So uh, it's definitely one of the most powerful live music platforms in the world right now. We get into a lot of these, these numbers 
numbers and stats and all of that. Uh, he rattles off uh, quite a few of them during the show, and I, I try to slow it down and pause a bit um, so you can kind of digest a lot of them. But uh, during this conversation, Fabrice touches on the, the the trends he's seen across the board in the live music space, but also we get down to the nitty-gritty and uh, the, kind of the practical steps that artists can do to help them sell more tickets to their shows. Head over to bandsintown.com, register there. You can follow them on all platforms. Find all of us that make the show happen at Ari's Take on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Find me at Ari Herstan on Instagram and Twitter. Head over to ariestake.com and get on our email list. That's where you're going to find the most up-to-date, relevant information about the new music business and get notified about new podcasts. And and that being said, quickly pause this episode and uh, hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. If you'd like us to show up in your feed, hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those really help. And if you're listening on YouTube right now, hit a comment there. I I, uh, try to respond to the comments and I'd love to hear what you think about this. And all right, let's kick into the show. Fabrice Sargent, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Harry. (laughs) So happy to, to be with you today. Uh, happy to be with you too. So uh, I know that you're coming to me from Miami right now. You don't sound like you're a Miami local native. Uh, tell me where you're originally <laughs> from. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker by heart, but I was born in Paris. Born in Paris. I, I thought I, I thought I uh, heard a little bit of that. Uh, I was just in Paris a couple months you mean, ago. You heard a little bit of New York. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today because. You know, I've been a Bands in Town user uh, since the beginning. I want to say probably since, you know, nice. day one of your platform. I mean, I, I've I've used it uh, for myself as a touring artist, uh, for bands I've managed, uh, as a fan. Um, you know, so I, I feel like I know the platform really well. And something that I have always appreciated uh, as an artist is... Um, the ability that that bands in town kind of gives us to notify and connect with our fans um, when not just announcing shows, but like letting them know about the shows that were coming in and other these like connection tools that you give uh, to artists for free. And it's, it's really appreciated because, you know, as we know, uh, the number one reason fans don't go to concerts is because they don't know about them. They don't hear about them. And so like, you've been, you've been doing God's work for and and like helping, uh, helping artists get the word out about our shows. And so we, you know, we appreciate it, but, um, I, I want to, you know, zoom out a little bit and, um, first off hear from your perspective or just from your mouth, because I could say it one way, but I want to hear how you describe bands in town and and like give me give me the for someone who's tuning in right now i can't imagine anyone doesn't know what bands in town is but at this point give me the give me the spiel for somebody just tuning in and be like what is bands in town well bands in town for artists is really uh an all-in-one platform that helps artists build sustainable future which means in our world that we help artists um list their events and connect with their fans, mm-hmm. um, acquire first-party opt-in and, and data, and really be able to engage with the fans all along the life cycle of the artist. And I start with Benz and Town for Artists because we help 560,000 artists doing this every single month. Mm-hmm. Last year, we listed uh, 1.4 million events, um, and we helped about 160,000 artists 
touring uh, with free tools to display their tour dates on their websites, to post and share their tour dates on their socials, mm-hmm. and to again uh, use our free messaging platform and our free email platforms to email fans and stay in touch with them. That's that's Benzinton for artists. And yes. We are an artist first platform. Mm-hmm. So uh, hence the reason why I start uh, yes. with Benz and Dunn for artists. Now we help those artists connect with uh, 75 million, in fact, today 76 million registered users, mm. um, mostly in North America, two third in North America. And, and these users indeed get alerts on when the artists, their favorite artists come to town, hence the yeah. name. But most importantly, uh, because of this um, algorithm that we built over time, it's machine learning. It's, it's in fact, uh, it's very uh, trendy these days to talk about to talk about AI. But that's mm-hmm. really what how we built Benzin down. Most importantly, we recommend shows to fans. We send about 120 million emails to fans every month, which are highly personalized mm-hmm. and which will recommend on average four shows. You know, 33% of those shows are for artists that fans don't follow. And more than 54% of the fans clicked on buy tickets for a show of an artist that didn't follow before. Mm -hmm. And the last uh, key key number I would leave you with is you have to realize that 50% of our fans bought tickets of, a, of an artist of less than 100,000 followers on Benzintown. So the discovery engine really works really well. I'm sorry, repeat really, that again. 50% of the fans bought a ticket of an artist of less than 100,000 followers. Okay. So so essentially a relatively small artist, or at least a, a, a rising act. Okay. Um, so that discovery aspect of Benzintown is really at the core of the success of the platform. Okay. You, you threw out a lot of numbers and a lot of stats, and I've been furiously writing some of these down. But I want to, I want to, I want to um, interrogate some of these numbers uh, for sure. for a little while and kind of get into the meat of what these actually mean. So let's let's go in reverse order. And I want to start with that. You said fifty percent of. Um, the fans, 50% of uh, fans buy tickets to artists with under 100,000 followers. Now, let's put that in perspective because um, follower numbers can mean uh, dramatically different things on different platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. 100,000 followers on Spotify means something dramatically different than 100,000 followers on Instagram, which means something different on Bands in Town. Mm-hmm. So talk to me first off. How do artists gain followers on Bands in Town? Or on the flip side, when and why and how does a fan choose to follow an artist on Bands in Town? There are two ways to Mm -hmm. gain followers, or at least to, to, to follow an artist. Let's take it this way. Sure. You can manually track an artist so and follow such artists on Vans in Town, you know, on the app, on the website. Mm-hmm. Now we have a full logged in experience on the website. Um, and fans can also be recommended to track uh, an artist. So that's why I talk about the recommendation engine mm-hmm. because <clears throat> we, we help artists grow their following, their followers by the recommendation we make. Mm-hmm. And that's how fans discover them. Um, contrary to indeed other platforms, 
we don't filter messaging or push. So if you have one follower, you can reach that follower. It's there's yep. no so it's indeed not the case on let's say Instagram where right. if you post, you may have like a million follower, but each post will only be seen by six percent or five percent of it. Right. So in that case, you know, your following is really fifty thousand. Right? Right. So uh, in uh, with Benz in town, you, you do have uh, and can reach all the, all of your followers. So now, uh, theoretically, yes, you could reach all your followers. Uh, you know, if they have uh, notifications turned on on their phone, and, and for a while I had notifications turned on on my phone, so I'd get those push notifications for all the bands that I follow. As a fan, I would see that so and so announced a tour, announced a concert in your area, all of that. If you don't have notifications turned on, you're not really getting those notifications. I guess you might get an email, whether yeah. you open that email or not. It's another thing. So it's it's not, you know, I guess everyone in the text, in the music tech space, uh, is trying to figure out that that problem of how do artists reach fans. I do fully acknowledge what you're saying and appreciate that you don't intentionally squash we- reach like Instagram, uh, Facebook, and the others. In TikTok, no, but that's dude, huge, they, Ari. Ari, that's yeah. huge. I, I, who does no, I, that? Yeah, tell me who does that. Who else does that? Right. So, well, Bandcamp does that too. I mean, there are platforms out there Fine. that do do great. that. Uh, yes, great. there are great. How many follow? How many followers that Bandcamp has total? You know, it, it, the, the well, no, we're not. I'm not. I'm not getting into competition here. I, I'm just. I'm not. I don't care. I don't. I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> what I care is is I'm. I'm trying to find. You know, I'm always about like let's find the best solutions for artists. And um, you know, like I said at the top, uh, I do appreciate that uh, artists have a way to connect with their fans, and and that's great. And there are limited uh, resources and available. But so let's let's talk about the discovery tool. No, and uh, you uh, know, if I may, if I may. Uh, sure. Add something to it. Um, I agree with you. It's hard for artists to reach their followers in general. And that's why we, a year and a half ago, um, started to do two things. One, we, we, we helped artists send emails to their fans directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially a follower becomes a, almost like an opt-in. So in other words, we got the opt-in to, for the artist to reach the fan. And it still goes through the Benz and Down platform, but everybody can, each artist can reach all the fans. Mm-hmm. Now, we added something new last year, which is that now when a new fan register or if the existing fans wants to opt in for it, the artist can actually um, create a contact list and potentially um, download such contact list and own such emails. And that's mm-hmm. my strong belief. And, and we do that for same thing for phone numbers. Mm-hmm. It's my strong belief that there, again, there is no sustainable future without for owning first party data. In other words, yes. I recommend the artist to uh, get out of the platform, build their own community and using their own contact list. Now, what we with Benzintown facilitate as a CRM platform, is we enable them to not only stay in touch with their Benzintown following, mm-hmm. but also to manage to create their own contact list using our tools yes. and to email and manage such contact lists directly from the platform. Yes. But I hear you and I see where you're going with these uh, questions. Right? You're totally right. It's super important for the artist to build their assets for the future because Instagram may not be around forever. TikTok may be shut down overnight. And that's, mm-hmm. I think it's a very 
strong likelihood, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, building your own following is absolutely key. Yeah, and I'm curious about that. Uh, so no argument there. Building your own following off-platform, absolutely. I mean, you make a huge, very important point that um, you can't, you know, live by the platform, die by the platform. I think we we see this time and time again. Uh, you know, I'm old enough to have lived through the MySpace era, and we saw what happened with MySpace, and then we saw what happened with Vine. We saw what happened with, with Facebook when they flipped the switch and you lost all your reach, you know, yeah. and uh, we're seeing what's what's happening with uh, Instagram and TikTok. Same kind of thing where you, you don't get your reach. And so, you know, you do make an extremely important point that artists need to cultivate and engage with that audience off platform. And so I, I uh, if I'm getting this correct, I just want to clarify um, any artist that I'm sorry, any fan that opts in to follow that artist, that artist gets their email and phone number. So if it's a new fan that joined the platform, um, you know, that joined the platform of, uh, like a year ago, since mm -hmm. a year ago, yes. They, they may get the, the double opt-in for the artist to own and to be able to download, therefore, the, the, the data, mm. okay? Uh, and if it's, if it's an existing fan that joined the platform before that, fans can still opt-in to, to allow artists to do so, but it's still an opt-in, so it's, it's not uh, exactly the same thing. Mm. Now, artists can message directly such fans, such followers, using the tools that we provide them. So it's, it's not exactly a, a, an opt-in, but it's very close to an opt-in. Yes. Yeah, and, and great in concept. Now, you know, like I said, I've been a Bands in Town user um, on both sides since the beginning, and I've just been kind of um, going through some of my uh, notifications just to kind of see, you know, like what this actually looks like in practice, uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm getting the e artist emails, I'm getting the, the fan emails. Um, I, it, it doesn't seem now I'm not sure if I'm doing something wrong, but, uh, it, it doesn't, because I've been a user for so long, I've only gotten like a couple emails from bands in town over the last year. One announced the beach life festival, uh, from a month ago, uh, another before that was from November saying, I'm now following this band. And then another, that was it. I don't know if like, you know, uh, so why did my email frequency, I know you're not customer technical support and that's not what our conversation is going to be about necessarily, but I'm curious your email strategy here, because like, uh, I have my push notifications that turn on and I get those frequently, but you're talking about email, which I also think is super crucial um, you know, which of these emails am I getting as a fan? Uh, do I, as an artist, do they have the ability to reach all of their fans through email that way? Or does that fan actually have to click like I allow this artist to send me an email kind of a thing? No, you should. Uh, most fans who joins the platform uh, accept to receive emails. Now, okay. the reason why you may not have got emails is because you may have been inactive on emails. And, and let me tell you something. Mm. We're very respectful of the best practice of the email platforms. We send so many emails every month that uh, someone who doesn't open an email over six months with us is considered to be um, not reachable. Okay. And that's super important. Uh, every fan, I mean, people use Benzintown through their apps, 
like you, for example. Yeah. Uh, others would use emails. Others love the website, you know, and the mobile website, which uh, is super cool too. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we respect that. And that might be the explanation. During, you know, during COVID, uh, we could have lost the entire fan base, mm -hmm. including the people who installed the app right. and people who, um, you know, received the emails because during COVID there was no, technically there was no in-person events. And right. that's why we, we, we've been so present. We pioneered uh, live streaming. We listed, helped promote a hundred thousand live streams. We produced ourselves, uh, yes. including financially, 1,500 live stream, okay? With a channel that gathered 32 million uh, viewers. And that so was through Twitch, right? Twitch and our own uh, live stream partner, uh, platform, platform, which, sure. yeah, we build our own platforms. Um, so all of this activity helped us stay in touch with our fans during mm -hmm. that period of time. You may not have opened so many emails uh, yourself during that period of time, for example, and that might explain why you're not receiving emails anymore. Now, if you, if you, you know, that, or check your preference because we also, you know, enable you to opt out and maybe you did that in the past. So yeah. that might explain that. We send about, as I said, about 120 million emails a month. We get huge open rates, um, like, like very, very significant ones the best in the marketplace. And so it's it's very efficient as a as what, a are, what are the open media. rates? You know, so if you if you 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 may know that Apple uh, is inflating open rates uh, these true. days, but uh, you know, prior to Apple, we were offering 25%, 35% open rate, you know, right. so very good. And, and are you still doing, um, so I, I, I want to get back to this discovery thing, because I think for emerging artists, that is so helpful. Um, now, it, help me understand the tools uh, that artists can um, take advantage of actively, but also what Bands in Town is doing for artists passively in helping, if you like this artist, you might like this artist kind of a thing that might be happening behind the scenes. Give me both of those uh, specifics of how they, they work. Yeah, so artists have a whole set of tools that they can use to facilitate not only discovery, but to your point, alerting the fans, right? So if you add the widget and the API on the website, mm -hmm. post, I see so many artists still posting JPEG on their uh, socials uh, instead of if they, they, we offer them a free smart link that is automatically populated with the events. Um, so these tools are free and artists can greatly increased actually the visibility of such uh, events across all their properties with no efforts. Mm -hmm. uh, once they've done that, as I said, the discovery factor is really the secret source of Benz in town. Yeah. And I would tend, if I may, to some, I'm, I'm glad you said that we are doing a lot to help fans track the artists when they come to town and not miss them anymore. And you're right. It's a big issue. You not not all the fans spend their time on socials trying to see their favorite artists come to town. Right. That being said, I think the main issue is discovery. Yes. Because we in the music business totally underestimate the fact that the most consumers, like your friend, your brother, your, your cousins, ask them, they barely know who Phoebe Bridgers is. Mm -hmm. They have no fucking clue of, you know, if you go below the top 
20 to well, my friends do, artists. but maybe maybe right, your friends right. don't <laughs> yeah, of course. i don't think i can throw yeah. a stone in the city of los angeles and hit somebody who doesn't know who phoebe bridges is fine, but fine, maybe in miami miami is probably fine. different but anyway fine. i continue with your point <laughs> fine. Fine. it's 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 an, it, it's easy but yeah I, I, I you know don't underestimate i'm mm -hmm. i'm here you know we've been the fan base of 75 million people the music industry and people like you and me totally underestimate how discovery important is how important sure. discovery is and that's because we believe that oh yeah you should know this or you should know that but that's not how artists sell tickets artists sell tickets because they, they know how to sell them to them to sell them themselves so discovery really matters and that's what we do we we with an algorithm we analyze what your music preferences are Mm -hmm. We will deeply look into every piece of data you may want to share with us. Like, buy, you know, you click on buy tickets, you click on RSVP, you're going to sync your Spotify profile, you're going to sync your YouTube account, you're going to do a number of things, okay? Mm -hmm. And then once you've done, you've done that, then you, um, we, we know through machine learning and AI how to create a whole... Uh, music graph that represents your music preference and the artist you should discover. And that's what makes the difference. And that's why I was saying that we're so proud of, we send about, you know, you know, plus months, we send 500,000 people buying tickets. Okay. Uh, which means that within a, within a year, it's, um, I'm sorry, last month, um, uh, start again. It, uh, yesterday. <laughs> We send 500,000 people buying tickets. We send about 10 to 15 million people buying tickets every month. Okay. Wait, so, wait. Let me let me clarify these numbers. You're saying yesterday yeah. in in uh, one day you sent yes. a half a million people, essentially buying a half tickets. a million people per day, yes. uh, are Click clicking to a ticket link from Bands yes. in Town. Bands in Town, of course. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's yeah. When that's you do when you do that you have to facilitate discovery and and i am always my advice to the artist is like don't assume people know you and precisely right. don't do the los angeles snub that you did five minutes ago <laughs> by saying oh everybody knows to give you jerks just be let's be very humble and let's make sure that we explain and present to the fans the best side of the music the best side of the artist and well, we, explain to me we, how how this is yeah. working. Yeah, like I, I I'm on board with the concept of uh, let's help fans discover new music, but um, I, I don't think anyone is against this idea. I think, but mm -hmm. but in practice, explain to me how how so, specifically yeah, this yeah. works. So we recommend, as I said, thirty three percent of our recommendation are for artists that you don't follow. So in your emails in your push notification on the app it, there's yeah. a section that says recommended on the web there are also sections that's recommended for you you you'll not you may notice that a third to half of them are for artists you don't follow doesn't mean you don't know them because mm -hmm. if we recommend them to you we believe that sure. it should be relevant to you but you, at least you don't follow them okay. and then that translates into actual tickets sold for artists and and the proof is in the pudding because mm. when people buy tickets for artists of less than a hundred thousand follower it means that they actually are they, they probably uh, clicked on this recommendation researched the artist listened to them on youtube or whatever and then eventually made the decision to buy that ticket 
because yeah. they like the music, you know. And that's particularly important when all these big shows are sold out, you know, the big, big pop acts are selling out. And when recession hits, believe it or not, it really, really favors the smaller, some smaller artists, which are t- selling tickets for, you know, less expensive uh, amount of money. And they're also um, uh, probably more, um, it's easier to buy, to buy tickets for these artists. Mm. Yeah, I mean that. I guess that's. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard uh, the positive take on uh, what would happen to the live touring market uh, if and when a recession comes. Um, so, so that's. Uh, I guess that's that, my spin on it. Yeah. Hey, I will take that spin. Um, especially, I think everybody listening, by and large, uh, are artists or managers that manage artists with less than a hundred thousand followers. Um, so, so hopefully it will help the the smaller artists. Um, because you know we're just trying to we're just trying to sell twenty dollar tickets, not you know two hundred and fifty dollar tickets like you know some of the big stars or more. Um. So how do you track? Tickets because Bands in Town is not a ticketing platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, by and large, the vast majority of tickets are sold, you know, through Ticketmaster or AXS or whatever. Um, so how you work is a fan. Um, so let me just step through the journey. Um, so a fan might go to an artist's website and the artist might have a Bands in Town widget embedded into their website. There's a mm-hmm. there's a button that says tickets there. And so I, as a fan, I can click that button that says tickets. It takes me to the ticketing site. So you track that as in like, all right, that's part of the 500,000 that you sent yesterday that clicked a ticket link and sent them to a ticketing site. We don't know the conversion necessarily because you don't get that data from Ticketmaster, but also it could be through the app. It could be through somebody just going to bandsintown.com, exploring the recommended concerts. Is that correct? Am I missing anything? I get a lot of data from the ticketing company. You do? Um, of course. We How do so? get data from the, because we are, look, we are the largest marketing partner of the ticketing companies in the US. So from a digital standpoint, Benzinton moves more tickets than the big streaming platform that you might think of. Sure. So, so believe me, they're, they're very friendly with us and they share data that helps us be better, basically. So not all of them, but they're really trying to, uh, we, we, we are in the same boat, you know, on the same side, same side of the fence. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that, um, so for example, last year I saw what to, 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 to add to, to previous topic. Uh, last year we saw that, um, relatively smaller, smaller acts, um, increased engagement, uh, by 70%, I think. So in, which includes ticket clicks and RSVP or that what that's what I call engagements mm. versus larger acts, you know, the, the, the 500,000 plus follower, which um, only increase their engagement by 30%. So we know we do we do have data from the ticketing companies that that tells us how the traffic converts into tickets sold. And we also therefore can, can you know, improve. And, that's and great efficient. Uh, I, I i i love to hear when any platform is more transparent with those figures um i i would assume they don't give you the abilities to pass along those because artists don't get that those that back end access uh or understanding like you know i 
we we there's nothing more than we want than Ticketmaster to give us our our ticket buying fans email addresses so we know who came to our oh, show okay. and bought a ticket to our show. That would be wow. pretty amazing. <clears throat> that's that's um that's indeed a discussion that you need to have with the ticketing companies. Some do, by the way. Some do share. Some do. Eventbrite. Uh, you know, some of the more uh, DIY ones. What's that? Drop, uh, I don't want to drop names, but some do. And also, we are now introducing a new tech that helps artists um, also check fans in during a show on site mm. so Great. that uh, they can also collect first party data during the show. That's, and that's what we if, want. If, if, if people are interested, I'm happy to. It's right now a beta test phase. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's something that, uh, we, we are happy to test uh, right now. I love that idea. I'm going to take you up on testing that out at an sure. upcoming show because, love um, that. yeah, that, that, that is actually something I was just having a conversation with an artist last week about as in like, you know, she's got a big show coming up in LA. It's just like, how do we make sure that we get every single person's contact information that wa that you know is attending the show because they're selling tickets through Ticketmaster? We don't get that info. We're like, all right, are we going to do the text this number? You know, have a moment on stage where you're like, everybody pull out your phones and text my name to this number and I'll send you blah blah blah. Or do we have you know QR codes and you scan that or like when you know uh, a merch package if you do this? But then we're like, no, we should have somebody planted at the door so we check every single person in. In. Um, and when you say you check them in, is that like in addition to getting their their tickets scanned, then how does this system work? Yeah, it's not related to the tickets. The, okay. the, it's it's related to you can we, we offer various uh, systems which includes QR code and texting, but it's uh, it's it's also NFC. So there's there's different ways. We're right now testing it. It's okay. um, it enables the fans to collect a digital collectible which goes into the Benzintown app mm. and then uh, you you the fans can get discounts or incentives at the merch table or cool. you know a lot of uh, utility that artist wants to give them to mm. to get them to check in cool so um i want to get back to this this uh you've mentioned it a few times now this this follower number and how so many so many fans are buying tickets for you know uh, tickets from artists under a hundred thousand followers. Um, I I still don't quite have a grasp on what that means. Um, when when we're talking, we're talking live live concert space. So if you could relate this to tickets sold, that would be helpful because just on my, I've been browsing artists and I see some artists have 150,000 followers, but they're only selling, you know, they're playing 500 cap rooms. I see that. But I also see mm -hmm. artists with 20,000 followers that are playing 2,000 seated theaters. I don't quite know how the Bands in Town follower number uh, connects to types of rooms that they're playing or tickets that they sell. Can you help me understand that? Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that 
Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that, for me, at this point, is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. It's statistically you are, um, yes, you are, you are uh, seeing that an artist that started using Benzinton quite early. Yeah. Which means using the tools and, and, and nurturing this community indeed may have more followers than even sometimes on Instagram. I see that it, it does happen. Yes. But it it there is, you know, it depends what genre of music, if the artist is more pop or is more niche. I mean, it's 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 really all over the place, to be honest okay. with you. What I'm usually seeing is that the earlier you start, uh, the better you document also your account. So in other you add your uh, all your um, socials and you add a lot of things in the accounts, the more also Benzinton will be able to recommend you to the to the rest of the fans, the yep. discovery engine that I was describing, and therefore the more followers you may get. So the for the artist where you see a big discrepancy between their actual size in the rest of the world, let's say uh, Instagram, Spotify, and Benzintown, it may mean that either they did not go much on tour, that happens, like you may have like a strong, especially during COVID, look, most of these discrepancies come from the COVID era, where you had artists that streamed a lot, uh, YouTube, or, or, or and rise, rose very fast on Spotify, mm-hmm. or rose on, on Instagram, right? And, or TikTok, I mean, of course. Sure. So, you know, there's definitely a lag with the Benzington followers because then after COVID, they go on tour, they start touring, fans starts to engage with them. It, it's it, there's a discrepancy. It, it, mm-hmm. it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it also happens when you have a. I remember this artist who was a, a an actor, so had a completely different life. Sure. In in and may wants to transition into music or do some music, and of course. The following on Instagram is much greater than Benzinton. So you may see this kind of situations. Um, now it's it's it takes time to build the following on Benzinton. It's probably more demanding than than just Instagram. But Benzinton is great because it's a, it's a transactional platform. Fans mm-hmm. are mostly the super fans. They are the concert goers. They're ready to buy tickets. Uh, so even if the following is slightly smaller than on the other platform, we're not competing with Instagram, to be honest. We're not a social network. Right. But we are definitely a platform that helps 
artists being discovered and sell more merch and tickets essentially so i want to get um, back or, or to... announce i now announce music by the way which widely used to announce music yes i have gotten push notifications from artists saying i just yeah. dropped a new single and it's coming through from the bands in town app um and so i see that and, and that's great and that's helpful um i i, I i'm keep I'm getting back to discovery um, and and recommendations because I know that the majority of the people that are listening right now are indie artists and artist managers of emerging artists. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're like, how do I get more people to discover, but, you know, discover my shows, discover me, but also to buy tickets. So step me through a little bit more in how this recommendation is like how can it if someone listening to this right now and they're like i i'm active on bands in town what do i do to get more fans not engage with my current fans which we've already discussed uh deeply which is fantastic and i encourage everybody who's listening right now to use all the bands in town tools they're great but let's hit discovery what can what can i do yeah um so first of all thank you and and by the way it's free so but it's uh (laughs) Um, so we we I, I recommend to well first of all we have tutorials that you can okay. find on the website the web the artist.benzinton website is super well documented and there there are tutorials which I recommend depending on what you're trying to accomplish we give you tricks such as launching sweepstake competitions and many other things that mm-hmm. you may actually put in place on your social to increase your following and to start um, getting new new uh, opt-ins and followers. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, of a whole, there are various uh, strategies to do so. My my very much, my recommendation is to really make sure that you have all the tools installed on the website, on the socials, to use them consistently, to message fans regularly. So not only when you go on tour, you're about to go on tour, but to certainly do that on the regular uh, on a regular, uh, if I regularly, I would also recommend to announce the date of the tour before the on sale, so that fans get this uh, on the widget. It's it it goes automatically. Fans can ask to be notified when mm-hmm. the, the show is going to go on sale. That's a great way to, you know, acquire new opt-ins and new followers. So so you you list the date first. Uh-huh. The ticket links are not available yet. Yes. Instead of having a buy ticket link, the, the system automatically, you have nothing to do, is going to say, notify me. Yep. And then when the show goes on sale, um, it's switch automatically. You have nothing to do to buy tickets. And that's uh, and plus there's a just announce that's being sent automatically. There's a number of market, marketing automation that, that starts. So the, those notifications aren't just going out to the people who have already opted in and following the artist. What you're saying is that these just announced shows, the show, these notifications, they're going to hit uh, fans who follow similar artists. Is that correct too? Yeah, that's that's based on the recommendation engine. We do that too. Yes. Okay. The the just announced go to the followers. Oh, but okay. The, when but but uh, it's they're also listed in the in the weekly discovery, and you get the push notification weekly. And in that push notification, plus in the weekly emails, there's always um, a large section that that is about just announced of uh, fans of similar artists for sure. Mm. Okay. Um, now, I know you had this a few years ago. I don't know if you still have it, but I'm also, um, 
you know, previously there were marketing campaigns that artists could take advantage of where you'd like pay a bit of money and to send to get bands in town to send email blasts to similar artists. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you still doing that or are there any of those similar kinds of features that artists can actively do as in saying, I want to reach more fans of similar artists or something like that? Yeah, yeah, we, we are absolutely not only still doing this, but it's core to the business model of Benzintown. Oh, wow. So the way Benzintown works is that we we are contributing value to the artist. The platform is free and a number mm-hmm. of things are available to the artist, but we're extracting mm-hmm. value from the industry, the, you know, the promoters mainly, mm-hmm. uh, event organizers, and potentially the... So if the artist wants to reach... Uh, fans of similar artists for discovery purposes and stuff on top of what we are already automating. Yes, they can. Mm. Um, and that's the same recommendation engine that's going to be at work. So we will recommend an audience and an extended audience, if you want, uh, that, that will be, uh, hopefully, uh, smart <laughs> and yeah. that will, that will, uh, provide great uh, returns. So typically artists use this, um, system to promote merch for example or to promote their new album or to mm-hmm. that's that's labels use it as well to to promote new albums um when you want to expand the echo chamber of the artist let's say which is usually the core following that that are anyway going to buy the merch and are going to buy the uh, following the artist on instagram and stuff benzington is a great option for sure how much how much like where where do artists find uh how to yeah. engage in these marketing platforms sure so that's in the benzintown for artist platform once you are logging into the dashboard you have a a section that all relates to the that enables that mm-hmm. so you have the ability to send messaging for free as i said to your own yep. followers and then if you want to extend the audience then you 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 get the opportunity to to pay for it got it okay okay and then you mentioned promoters are using this i'm curious um what types of promoters at what level are taking advantage of these kinds of tools you you get two types of situations either promoters wants to boost the on sale and that's a good i think it's a good uh, strategy by the way um because the strongest the stronger the on sale is the greater the chances that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. So to, to to create a strong, you know, push at on sales is not a bad idea. All promoters obviously use this platform to uh, notify fans, you know, a few days or a week before the show. You know that fans are buying tickets uh, always uh, now more and more closer to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be that fans were buying a few weeks before, or if not, sometimes a few months before. Now they are getting to even shows that are super popular may uh, be become sold out like a week before, or two weeks before the show. It's very stressful for promoters. Right. So we are here to help. Right. So in that moment, and it's great to we we send um, an RSVP reminder, mm-hmm. which is a, a for fans who bookmark the show or. When it, we call it RSVP or set a reminder, mm-hmm. uh, we do send them an automatic email saying, Hey, you know, are you still, are you still going to that show? Did you, did you, did you buy your tickets? Mm, um, that's great. Yeah, we did uh, that. It, 
I, I want to touch on that point because um, I've heard this now a bit from promoters, from agents, from managers, um, ticket buying behavior now versus pre-COVID. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that fans aren't buying as far in advance at, historically as they used to. They're buying much closer to the show. Um, I, I heard that, you know, kind of end of last year. Are we are we talking that that's still the trend? Has it started to level out to pre-COVID levels? Or do you think this is the new buying behavior of no, that's, fans? Yeah, that's the new buying behavior. Okay. So um, people can, is that really hard to, to plan tours <laughs> when you don't know how tickets are going? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to managers about, you know, pitching direct support artists are like, oh, well, we're going to see how the on sale goes and how advanced tickets sales are going. I'm like, they're not going to go well until like a week or so before the show, right? It started uh, before COVID. The reason why I'm convinced that it's the new norm is that it really started before COVID. Uh, I I could have uh, related to that in 2019, actually. Interesting. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty clear. It accelerated, of course, after COVID because people you know may feel that they become sick uh, before the show and in case right. they're so that that that's of course uh something that that um is natural yeah it's it's the new norm for sure so i i appreciate that you send out reminders um what are some practical steps and tips that you can encourage artists to do actively to help make sure that they increase their ticket sales and get people out to the show Okay, so on average, I think that um, fans need seven touch points, seven touch points with the artist to eventually buy the ticket. Okay. Um, so seven touch points means like could be a social post, um, a retargeting, you know, like artists or promoters may buy lookalike on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we facilitate that, by the way. We we mm-hmm. you know. Promoters who buy campaigns on Benzington can also buy and it's, uh, some, um, you know, data to, to retarget on, on socials. Um, then there's an email that can, there, there are automated emails from Benzington, which add to the number of touch points. Yep. It's always great for the artist to send uh, under their own voice, an email to the fans or a push notification. Yep. Uh, we facilitate that. It's free. Uh, they can use um, the the. It's a very easy um, WYSIWYG platform. You you, you it's, it's you drag and drop, uh, you know, pictures and music links and tour dates and these emails using the Benzington email platform. Mm-hmm. And that's um, yeah. So thinking that it's not only about sending one campaign and pray that it's going to open and convert. I think it's really doing like almost like a drum. Uh, like to drum the <laughs> and announce the show is is a, I think is advised. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's really important. I mean that that's seven touch points. That's a that's a the rule of seven. That's a marketing. That's a studied, researched uh, marketing tactic that it yeah. the consumer yeah. needs seven touch points to buy. So those are really great ideas um, to to kind of help um, you know encourage that. Um, so. I guess what are some other trends that you're noticing other than fans buying tickets closer to the date uh, that you've just seen kind of post COVID that have really changed um, the behavior of, of the. Yeah. 
Look, there are good news for the sm smaller acts. As I sure. said, we touched upon that. Um, for example, did you know that smaller acts did uh, um, or played 15% more shows uh, than uh, in 2019 on average? So that's 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 that's. I think it's it's an interesting data point because it shows played more that shows not only in 2022 than they did in 2019. 2019, yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Coming back with uh, vengeance. Yeah, and that's 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 good because they that shows that the market is growing for everybody, um, and that, that's one of the strong trend. I I can see for the first time a lot of um, um, positive for the smaller acts mm. in live music. Yeah, uh, I know I know that you know rising. I know about rising cost of tourings. I know that it's hard to tour, and I respect that immensely. That's why we're very humble in trying to help. Yep. But the good news is that uh, there's never been more interest than today for the smaller acts. Mm. They, are, they are touring more often. They are selling more tickets. And, and in overall, they have a greater opportunity. So that's, that's the overall trend. I see that post-COVID, I think it's going to continue to... Now, if you want another trend, obviously the, you know, inflation also applies to uh, ticket price. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I think that tickets on average will increase by twenty percent, if not much more, sure. um, this year. Mm -hmm. And that's that's going to impact everybody, of course. Are you seeing that the ticket sales are keeping up with the shows performed that you said emerging artists have performed? however many percent 20 what was it 15 percent more shows in 2022 mm -hmm. than in 2019 are they selling that many more tickets as well has that kept pace yes and in, in, in what's striking actually is that smaller shows uh, get to sell out while they they used to not sell out and uh, you know wow. think about um the 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 big arena theaters uh amphitheaters these 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 arenas these uh, venues are sorry mm -hmm. yes they, they they used to sold out to sell out to, before covid for sure and mm -hmm. and you know it was pretty common that you may hear that Madison Square Garden gets sold out now Irving Plaza <laughs> think about the smaller venues or in Los Angeles I don't know sure. uh, film or whatever they yeah. these venues they didn't sell out um, it was not it was not so common and you could always find the tickets um i think what's new is that yes there's so much demand people are so excited to go back to live mm. that um these shows set out too there's no question about that you know yeah i mean i would love to see that data because um i have heard uh contrary things i i've heard the complete opposite actually I, i've heard that the big shows have no problem harry styles has no problem selling out the arenas but we're seeing the small to mid-level touring artists that are actually having a challenge much much harder time now selling tickets because the market is so much more saturated like you said everybody's on tour and previously a fan might have only had you know gone and seen two shows a month three shows a month and maybe they only had five that they wanted to see but now there's 15 shows they want to see this month because everybody's on tour everybody's on the road no. so yes ticket you know more shows are happening but you're really seeing 
that and and are you verifying this with the smaller venues or talk you've mentioned irving plaza that's an 1100 cap venue in new york yes. there more shows are now sold out in 2022 2023 than were in 2019 that's verified yeah, i think i i think i think yes the not yeah. what i'm saying is that you you're seeing such venues which are of smaller capacity be able to sell out shows i'm not saying that it's statistically true that they are more they are selling out more shows than they used to in 2019 i'm, I'm just saying that it was very unlikely in fact that some some of these venues were selling out shows under it was a massive underplay which obviously is a different case right it's a different yeah, story yeah, yeah. Yeah. so so now let me comment on your um yeah of course there's more competition uh, mm -hmm. there is a lot of people that thought that they had to go out on tour they wanted to go out on tour they couldn't stand being locked up uh, and so for many reasons there was a lot of offer for sure there's no question about that too now the this unprecedented level of offer was definitely matched by unprecedented level of demand and i think that this year it's going to be the same thing I, mm -hmm. I, I, look we we see an incredible start for january um with 50 percent more engagement than last year 50 percent. so i don't know if this is going to be sustainable but we see a lot of uh, demand on the fan side trying to book book shows and 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 look up for and look out for tickets okay that's a good indicator so in january of 2023 you're saying there was 50 percent more engagement from fans uh engaging on bands in town meaning that they're actively looking for shows to attend than than was sure. a year prior then, in january 2022 exactly yes you got it that's a good indicator i mean we all want to see that trend. We want to see it move in that direction. You know, it's 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 hard times out there for touring artists of every level. Uh, I guess, well, small to mid level, the the superstars. I mean, you know, even I mean, Lord hell, she even wrote a piece of how hard it is to tour, and even at her level, it's it's challenging um, because of inflation, because of ticket prices, because of uh, saturation. Everybody's on tour and all that stuff. You know, so. I um I do hope that uh it is getting better for the small to mid-level artists uh in the touring market. Yeah. Yeah, and and look what we also see is that uh, indeed um it's harder for smaller acts to increase price than sure. than for a large act. And and I'm not even talking about resale. So but that's that's a fact. And and yes, um costs are you know, rising a lot. Um, so I can see a very challenging year this year for sure. Yeah. And, and not to mention, uh, you know, all of the fees that Ticketmaster and Live Nation tack on. And we won't get into that. That's a whole other discussion. And I encourage everybody to go listen to um, the the hearing in front of Congress that they just had with with Live Nation and Ticketmaster. And, and Clyde Lawrence spoke very eloquently about uh, how that whole model is completely messed up for artists and how, um, you know, artists should be uh, participating in, in more of what the fan actually pays for a ticket that would help, I think, the touring market overall. Meaning, if you know, we if we charge twenty dollars and that's the face value ticket, but Ticketmaster decides to tack on fifteen dollars in fees, the artist unfortunately doesn't see any of that fifteen dollars, uh, but the venue and the promoter do, and that's a big problem. And hopefully, you know, that uh, will get worked out this year, where where either artists can participate in the fit fees which they never are able to or they just do away with these fees and we come up with a different business model because it's just it's just not sustainable anymore 
I mean, I, I, my role is as a platform is really to help the artists um, keep keep hope and and also succeed eventually. Yep. We, we, I'm not, you know, I respect immensely. It's so hard to be an artist, and it's so hard to be an artist on tour. So, by providing our tools, we modestly try to facilitate that. Yes. Um, then, indeed, it takes a lot of many more pieces <laughs> to be successful. Yep. But at the core, nurturing a fan base, uh, being able to interact with the fan base, and continue to launch new uh, merch and, and albums, you know, essentially build the life cycle for the artist mm. is super important. It's an important component of the success. Yes. I'm not I'm not saying that the rest of the items that you mentioned, the business model with the venues or the ticketing companies uh, don't matter. It's it's uh, the other it's very important. Yes. But um I I, I think that in terms of focus, I, I see um, I see that artists now realize, I think that there's an awakening on the need to closely connect with the fans, uh, to build a, a, you know, a database of first party data, emails, phone number, to um, inter interact with some fans, with those fans in a very innovative manner. Um, you know, organizing maybe meeting grids or launching vinyls or doing other things yeah. to monetize essentially the artist brand. That's you know that's a big part of of the success. But yes, the rest obviously. Sure. No, important. and we you know yes, absolutely, and you appreciate uh, all the tours that Bands in Town are is providing. And I would encourage every artist you know if you're not actively using them to go check them out because, like you said, most of them by and large are free. Uh, which is very helpful. Um, and, you know, what's also cool, which we didn't really touch on, um, is uh, because Bands in Town pulls from so many ticketing platforms, you're able, you list shows, oftentimes whether the artist actively puts it up or not, uh, which is cool. And so sometimes, like, you know, I'll get, uh, a notification about an artist that I managed because their tickets went on sale and you pulled the information <laughs> from the ticketing platform. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot to put that show up on Bands in Town. And, but Bands in Town already gathered all the information, which is great because you're gathering that info from all different sources, which is which is helpful. Yeah, we do. We do. It's it's. Uh, I call it the soup. So th there are lots of ingredients in that soup, and we gather information first and foremost from the artists by yes. the way, which right. keep and retains full control if you want to. So there's always there's a toggle that says auto-publish or not. So if you don't want that to happen, yep. that doesn't happen. But you, you need to remember that if you toggle off auto-publish, then you have to come to the platform to toggle publish this show. Otherwise, it's <laughs> right. not going to go out. Cool. Uh, and then, um, yes, we, we get the information from the event promoters, uh, from, um, from the ticketing companies, of course. And we 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 uh, streamline and we synchronize all this information so that it's it, for the fans it's as relevant as possible. Now let me tell you something to tie back to my previous comment on building a fan base. I think artists gain leverage over the ecosystem if they control their fan base. So and that goes back to your to your point about getting the emails of the fans attending the shows and everything. Yep. If anything. You know, building that that fan base, that following, or collecting first party data using our tools, 
is is a, a strong argument. I think it's a strong point when you get to negotiate a deal with a sure. promoter or with a ticketing company. Yes. Uh, so I would say it this way. Um, that's I was trying to express that earlier, but I think I was not as clear as that. I think yes. it's 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 possible to gain leverage over the ecosystem. Definitely. That's a great point. Um, yeah, like uh, when I'm negotiating with a show and I can tell uh, like with a promoter or a, uh, a talent buyer in Chicago and I can be like, hey, I have 2000 email addresses for my fans in Chicago. That is actually much more valuable than just saying I have 2000 listeners on Spotify in sure. Chicago, because I can actually reach the people with have email addresses. I can't reach them if they're just listening on Spotify. Of course. And smart promoter will ask you, how many Benzington followers do you have in Chicago? Because they sure. know that you can reach them. Yep. Smart promoter will also check your past data. So they'll check in Chicago. Last time you played, what was the capacity of the room? They find that on Benzington. And then what? how many RSVPs did you get? And I always recommend to artists to check the ratio of uh, the number of RSVPs over the capacity of the venue, mm. because that tells a lot about the level of engagement they get in each city. And that may help them sell, if you want, the to the venue, to the promoter, the opportunities. They may say, look, mm. last time I played, you know, in venues that been, you know, in venues of 500 to 2000 cap, mm -hmm. there's a great chance that Benz in town probably got you um, 10 to 20% of the capacity as RSVPs, which suggests okay. we did, that doesn't, and we probably help sell 10% of the tickets. That's my sure. ratio. 10 in bigger venues like MSG is going to drop to 5%. Sure. <laughs> but it's sure. that, you know, call it between 10 to 20% for, for relatively uh, 500 to 2000 cap venues. Yep. Now, if you show that to the promoter, you have leverage because you can contact all these RSVPs for free on Benzinton as an artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can message them and say, hey, you RSVP to my show a year ago in Chicago. I'm doing another show. Do you want to yes. come? And yes. that's that's as super easy to do. Yes. And that gives you a lot of leverage to send that show to the promoter. Fantastic. Super helpful. Great tips. Well, Fabrice, this has been a very illuminating conversation. I think a lot of artists... Uh, you know, uh, appreciate hearing your perspective, uh, managers appreciate it, you know, top, top level, uh, trends also down to the nitty gritty of, of how to set this stuff up and engage your fans. Uh, because that's what we're doing. You know, a lot of artists are out here DIYing it, trying to figure this out and managers are doing it themselves. And, and we need to know, like, how are we going to sell more tickets? And so being, you know, tuned on to these practical tips and tools of how to actually do that is so helpful. Um, I, I have one final question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Look, you heard me. I get animated. I get passionate. And sometimes in my answers, I can be a little bit strong. But what keeps me awake at night, what 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 is to, for me to make it in the music business, is to help the emerging artists succeed and build a sustainable future. I, I, I think that, look, live music is one of the last resorts for freedom of speech. Mm. I feel that it's a different part of culture. It's completely different from TV, movie, or even book writing, because in all this part of culture, you have few people that decide what can go on or off. Mm. In live music, you can jump on stage and say whatever you want, at least in this country. And so I feel that it's a 
key component for diversity in culture and cultural diversity. Mm. So my my we hum, humbly contribute to that, and and you know for every single push or help that we provide, that's what I call making it in, in, in music. Love it. So it is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. Fabrice Sergeant, thank you so much. That's great. Thanks, Harry. Today's episode was edited by Maxton Hunter, theme music by Brassroots District, and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take.